This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. The BFM Breakfast Grill, connecting you to top people and ideas. Powered by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. I'm Wong Xiaoning and this is The Breakfast Grill. The Midas Touch, a Greek myth where a king could turn anything he laid his hands onto into gold, is Dato Eddie Ong, the Malaysian version, a corporate figure who has stakes in more than 30 companies, of which appreciated shortly after his stake became public information. Today, he's in the studio to tell us about his flagship company, Hexstar Technologies Berhad, its strategy for growth and the thinking behind his many acquisitions. Thank you for your time today, Dato Eddie. Can we start with clarifying a few things? Because there are many companies associated associated with you. But let's start with those that bear the Hexstar name. So you currently only have one executive role with Hexstar Technology. Why of all the companies from Hexstar Global, Industry, Healthcare, is this now the focus of your attention? Today, I'm just the executive director of Hexstar Technology, Berhad. So the reason why I dismiss myself from the other boards and also other executive role is because I want people to focus me just merely a tech man. We are venturing into technology, not just by investment, but also we dedicate our time and passion and also our money. Originally, Hexstar Technology is a logistics transportation company, right? But now it seems like there's going to be a new pillar, a new core business, technological services. I'm trying to understand why, because if I look at your background, you personally have no experience. You're more an agriculture fertilizer man. So Mm -hmm. why tech? What do you bring to the table? Yeah, so in fact, I've been transforming myself a lot. You know, uh, at the beginning, you know, during my young age, I'm known as a businessman. Then I transformed to an entrepreneur when I have multiple business. Yeah, then people, when people ask me, oh, you have many more business, what, 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 who are you, right? So I say, I'm a deal maker. So after deal maker, then, you know, we went into a lot of traditional business. But uh, all this traditional business is actually managed by professionals. Yeah, then, you know, the latest venture that we are in, is I think the biggest venture and need a lot of nurturing, which is in the tech space. Yeah, so I put myself in, you know, where I hope to lead my industry with, um, you know, with uh, more involvement. To grow this business, which is actually, I would say fintech, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I see there were plans to dispose of non-core assets like your land in Pase, Gudang and Klang to SWS Capital, of which you're also a shareholder. But how will you be funding the company's pivot since there are press reports that the capex you intend to spend is 100 million ringgit? Yes, uh, a good question. You know, uh, we allocated about 100 million to spend in the next three years for Money X. You know, so in order to have the 100 million, we have to dispose all our assets, which is not our main core assets for fintech so, yeah so we uh, we are planning to dispose that you know at the beginning we thought of disposing it to sws but recently as you can see from the announcement that i have disposed sws stick mm. so the deal was aborted then you know so we will bring up the deal again either disposing to one of our entity or also to the third party then uh hextech board will deliberate on it what does this then mean for the existing core businesses trading logistic 
and warehouse, for example, warehousing, which is actually the most profitable in terms of margin and has the largest contribution to profit after tax. Yeah, so for for future of Hexstar technology, we're definitely into fintech. Once the revenue of our fintech comes in, we will slowly disposing the rest of the business away why and make sure that we only concentrate on fintech alone. I'm trying to understand why, Dato, because is the warehousing, transport business, something that is in structural decline, why the reason to uh, dispose of it? It is not a structural decline, but uh, coincidentally, you know, when we want to go into money X last year, mm. you know, then we say we, whether we want to do it as a startup or whether we want to put into a LISCO. So we decided that, you know, this uh, fintech is good to be in the list school because it gives people more confident. Confident and, you know, transparency is very, very important in the fintech arena. Yeah, because that gives people confident. Okay, so yeah. have you done some estimates in terms of selling your non-core business? Would it raise the 100 million that you require? Because if I look at Hexstar, Hexstar Technologies, the last results, it's barely profitable. I mean, last year's profit was 1.2 million ringgit. Gearing is 0.4 times. There's actually negative free cash flow. So what are your options for fundraising then for uh, your Money X venture? Yes, I think we have a total asset of about 120 million. Uh, to raise 100 million cash, we have to dispose about 80 million of assets. And with yeah. the timeline for this? Uh, maybe next year. Next year? Yeah, yeah, middle of next year. You've identified by, buyers uh, We really? are looking at buyers, yeah. And then let's talk about Money X, the fintech super app, as you call it, right? Mm-hmm. Because I wonder it's not a, dis- a licensed digital bank. It's not an e-wallet. Yes. It's not a ride-hailing app. So what really is the hook for this app? Okay, so Money X is a very special super app compared with uh, a lot of fintech uh, app outside. You know, the, the, the special thing about our app is we do not have any products. We do not have any service to serve our client or our users. Yeah, so the, the thing that we have is the data. We are a big data management company that uses artificial intelligent AI mm. and also ML, machine learning, to, to come up with a solution for people to improve on the financial background, you know. So we, we try to simplify the financial of each individual users mm. by multiplying their wealth, okay. you know. Mm. What do you mean by multiplying your, their wealth? Okay, so, so for us, we have a tagline that, you know, when, when we always say that the moment you use our, our app, you, you tend to improve your financial uh, behavior, you tend to improve your financial solution, mm. and also you tend to manage your data in a better or more efficient way. So, so with that, then it is it, it, like multiplying your wealth. I did download the app. I see it's meant to collate all my financial products, yes. my bank accounts, credit cards, insurance, mm-hmm. bills. But it also requires me to save all these details on the app. Yes. So I have a few questions. Mm-hmm. One, why should I trust your app? Because we are told to guard our banking details with our life. Sure. And number two, even if you assure me that I can trust the app, that there will be no data breaches, why would I do so? Because we are lazy by nature and I would need to upload these details into your app. So aren't these deterrents in the first place? Can Money X overcome these issues? Yeah, so definitely it's always tough for the first-time user, you know, because you have to download it. Yeah, but once you download it, 
you can frequently use it without needing to find it again. Assuming someone is hardworking mm. enough to do all that, to upload yes. all this data, what reassurances are you going to give me that there will be no data breaches? Because we've seen this countless times among different fintech players. What defences do you have put in place? How much money are you going to be spending? Security is a very important feature. Yeah, we will do all we can to protect each individual information within our app. King with AWS, you know, to how to safeguard it, uh, is, uh, the data. We are on the midst of getting our ISO, you know, and we have all the measurement in place, including the anti-cyber uh, security check, you know, that we are doing to protect all people's data. Dr. Eddie, the other thing is that when it comes to fintech, there are mm. many players like I said, you know, I was talking about the e-wallet, the right yes. hailing, and they've really gotten to a certain scale. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing, actually, they have client data. Sure. So from that, they can generate the right kind of products that this client is suitable for mm. this client or the service where they earn the, the fee income. Mm. But what is it for you in, in MoneyX? You know, how do you generate the fee income or your income within this app? Yeah. So, uh, you know, we have a very different business model. So, is it a subscription or is it... Yeah, we, we, we actually, the whole app is free for users to use. So, for example, if they were to pay 22 ringgit, 22 cent for their utility bills, they will still pay 22 ringgit, 22 cent here. Then how are you making the money? Yeah, so we will, we will most likely get a small little fee from our partners or the services that we onboard people to our partners. So, for example, if let's say we were to get a new credit card for our users... Then we will be going to the bankers and ask for a fee. Scale then counts. Yes. It's the number of transactions, the number yeah. of customers. Yes. You're entering this game in November 2023 mm -hmm. in what would some say a very crowded field. Yes. So how are you going to achieve the right scale for you to make even your first ringgit? Yeah, so, so uh, scale is definitely very important. But we are talking about big data here. Mm. So the data that we use AI to help each individual uses to come up with a solution for them. Yes. So, for example, if I were to ask you, you know, when, when is your road tax expired? You know, there's a lot of people renew road tax, but they don't tell you when it is expired. But we do. Do you want to renew? And you can renew it through our app. For many of these fintech, the customer acquisition cost was yes. actually very high. Yes. Which also then meant that the cash burn was equally high. Yes. So what are your solutions for that? Because people aren't just going to sign up randomly unless you offer them something very lucrative to begin sure. with, right? Sure. Yeah, so we are not an app that keep giving out discount or freebies, you know. We are there to help the users. Yeah, for example, we are there to tell you what products do you need at your certain age or the, the different risk appetite of each individual people. But they will say some of the... People. Digital bank, future mm. digital bank will also be offering that. Yeah, but they are offering their own product. So we offer a product that suits each individual person. So for example, if you used to travel a lot, we will ask you to take a travel card, not a normal card. How soon do you think you can break even? Uh, and what are, kind of scale are you looking at? So far, since you launched the app, how many customers have you had? Oh, uh, that is just our soft launch. Mm. You know, our main launch will come in January. Yeah, so uh, soft launch within two weeks, we got about 2,000 over users. You know, uh, we are quite happy with it. You know, we try to aim to get to about 30,000 uh, by January, you know, and our first million by the end of next year. 
you know. So uh, second year we try to target about five million, and we should be able to break even after five million number. On the breakfast grill this morning is Dato Eddie Ong, CEO of Hexta Technologies Berhad. After the break, is Hexta Technologies overvalued after the share price appreciated by more than 3,400% in the space of three years? BFM 89.9. You are listening to The Breakfast Grill. Brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. BFM 89.9, welcome back to The Breakfast Grill, where in the hot seat is Dato Eddie Ong, CEO of Hexstar Technologies, Berhad. Before the break, will the shift from logistics and warehousing to technology pay off? Let's talk about that Midas touch of yours, mm-hmm. you know. You emerged as a major shareholder of this company in March 2021. Mm-hmm. Around that time, the share price was about a ringgit 10, ringgit 20. Today, it's trading 23 ringgit. Fundamentally, mm. yes, revenue did go up to 162 million ringgit last year, but profit is just 3.7 million versus in 2022, where actually profit was 12 million, so it was actually a higher number. In the meantime, the net asset per share is just 92 cents versus 134 cents in 2022. So on paper, why has the share price gone up so much when the actual results paint a different picture? Yeah, so... So, you know, when this uh, idea of building a super app comes uh, about two years ago, mm. I did this project under my private skill. You know, until uh, last year, beginning of last year, where I onboard into uh, Hexstar Technology together with our chairman, Tan Sri Muhammad Ibrahim. Then, then we decide to say that, you know, we intend to put the whole project under the LISCO. So by then, you know, there is already a lot of rumors going around that we are coming out with super app, fintech, mm. you know, then we start on board a lot of people, you know, right now we got about 70 staff in our company, we start to talk to a lot of partners, news have been going out, you know, that is the time where I think our prices, uh, our stock prices start to scale. Okay. Because, uh, you know, I've been going around telling people that I want this company to be a unicorn before we, you know, be- before we roll out our project. Because yeah. this company did receive its fair share of mm. unusual market activity queries yes. from Bursa Malaysia, right? Yes. So what's your response to the regulators? I mean, yeah, so at that time, you know, we can't tell what type of super app do we do because, mm. uh, you know, we are not ready to showcase to the whole world. Yeah, but we are saying that we are developing a super app and the super app will be launching by end of this year, which we just did about two weeks ago. Because current valuations based on Bloomberg, PE, mm. price earning ratio of 974 times. Mm. So it's expensive by any measure. If I take the yeah. biggest apps in the world, mm. WeChat or Alipay, Tencent mm. is trading at 18 times. Mm. Alibaba listed in US only 10 times. So isn't the stock a screaming sell at these levels or really is there something I don't see about Hexstar Technologies? Yeah, there is two parameters that uh, we are always looking. You know, the tech companies that is in the market today is not so much about the uh, earnings per share. For sure. But, uh, but they are looking into earnings per revenue. You know, so we have a very good uh, business model coming up. You know, our earnings per revenue is still very low compared with our market today. Yeah, but definitely we are moving towards the unicorn status, which is about a billion US dollar going forward. But I would argue that markets Mm. are ultimately rational in some level because we just have to look at Grab. Grab is a classic example of a super app. No one can dispute that, right? Yes. Came to the market US, 16, 15 US dollars at the peak. Mm -hmm. Now it's just hovering at... Three to four US dollars. Mm-hmm. Everybody is focusing on them turning a profit, and they just did their first yeah. quarter. So why should 
uh, Hexstar Technology trade at these valuations when even Grab can't? Yeah, so so it's always a, a comparison between the valuation now, meaning to say if you want to get a profit but not growing mm. or you want to grow the company by expanding your 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 expenses but your limited uh, profit you know so it's always weighing between these two agenda so for example just now like you asked me hey, Eddie uh, when are you looking at breaking even mm. I say two years you know if we maintain our presence just in Malaysia we can break even in two years but if like we want to go into eight countries then my expenditure is times eight. Yeah. Then can we break even in two years? So but you have to look at the expenditure plan that we had as well. But it's you a know? question, it's a chicken and egg, right? Yeah. For you to grow, for you to have scale, for you to, that need, that is a requirement to break even. Yes. But you also probably need to spend to grow. Yes. There is some customer acquisition cost yes. and it's not cheap. So which comes first? A lot of it also is dependent on you being able to sell your non-core assets to fund. Yeah. This so do you think that there are too many balls that you have to juggle here? Yeah, but uh, fintech is always about growing. You know, uh, technology companies is all about growth. You know, it's not so much about profit for the first few years. You know, so the question is, are we able to grow? Okay. You know, so we are very confident in our business model because we do not have any products and any services by ourselves. So we can go into Thailand to, to sell Thailand products. We can go into Philippines to work with Philippine uh, money wallet, uh, this uh, e-wallet, mm. you know, in Philippines and things like that. We are able to grow beyond Malaysia. Have so, you considered funding from other sources? A lot of these so-called unicorns, they got their funding from private equity. Mm-hmm. Why is it through a, a listed company where people can watch your cash burn and your earnings every quarter and scrutinize it. Yeah, so, so you know, we are definitely looking into third-party funds, you know, uh, when we have the result to show, you know. So we are not going to the market until we show result. Okay. You know, so of course, our first uh, uh, place is we already got our mandate in place to raise 10% of our private uh, placement, mm. you know, but we are only start to raise funds when our result shows that our business model is in the right track. So when, you know, when we are able to do that, we say, okay, let, let us burn the cash within the company first. But by doing it, we have to sell the property. So if there is a third party that wants our property, then, you know, and then we will put it into the board. If not, then I will personally take the property up. Personally, yes, at an arm's length basis on a fair of price. Of course, of course, it will. And the proceeds definitely going back into the business. Yes, yes, okay. for the money X business. All right. So let's talk about the stakes uh, in your other companies. You have under the Hexstar brand I mentioned earlier a few companies, but you also have significant stakes in Opcom, mm-hmm. Classic Scenic, yes, Keep Read, yes, and Perak Transit. I chose the ones which I know uh, yes. you have bigger stakes. What is the mm. common trait in these companies for you to take a stake? Because they don't have necessarily any business yeah. in common. Yeah, so we are actually growing as a group that we have multiple businesses. Mm. You know, so today we, I think we onboard about 40 different type of industry 
already within our portfolio and uh, we can say that we are one of the largest group that have the multiple uh, diversified of each industry. What's the logic behind that? Usually people think <coughs> of it, there must be some synergy, right? Yeah. Between these 40 companies. Yeah. So so right now we have built a big ecosystem within ourselves that we are not only in traditional business like chemicals, fertilizers, you know, and uh, wood, furniture, but we are also in a lot of new industry. You know, like uh, 5G, we are into telecommunication, we are into, you know, power supply, we are into uh, tech, yeah. you know, into fintech. And we after we combine all this, you know, then we are a big ecosystem that is in the making, you know. And uh, once we gather everything, you know, to our good hand, then I think it will be a big advantage for us. But then some people will say, where's the focus of the company? And where's your focus, Dr. Yeah. Eddie? So each, each of each individual have their own focus. Yeah, so for example, you know, like my our Hextar Global uh, Berhad, it will be focused on chemicals-related uh, products and also the agricultural segment. You know, and our Hextar industry is more focusing on industry, whereby healthcare is focusing on healthcare, mm. you know, then uh, technology. Left to professional is, managers. Yes, it will. It, it, it is all professional managed. So what's yeah. the end game? Uh, I mean, you have little bits of stakes. I mean, of course, these yeah. are large stakes, but you also have small stakes here and there like Solar Vest. Yes. Where you just hold a 1.5% stake, right? Mm-hmm. So what's the end game for you, Dr. Eddie? Yeah, so we divide uh, to two portfolio. You know, the first portfolio is the one that we hold majority stake. Meaning to say we are the largest uh, shareholder in the company, you know, we put in our management team, we control the boards, you know, we You're have in board it for seats. the long term. Yes, we are in the long term. Yeah, but we we also have another segment of uh, portfolio where we just merely on investment. Okay. So the investment one, most likely we are just below 5%. Yeah, of each individual stake. So today, I think we invested about 60 to 70 listed company, you know, uh, with a portfolio of about 1 billion. And do you, you just know? treat it like a fund manager when it hits a certain fair value? You're yes. out of the company, yes, you don't correct. participate in the board, yes, you don't, don't give any management direction? Yes, we don't. Yeah, that is just purely on investment purposes. Okay. Uh, how do you then manage any of the current related party transactions between all the different companies under you, those especially with the bigger stakes? Okay, there is... Because, n- you know, investors get very yeah. nervous about this. Yes. Yeah, so good thing about us is, you know, we have a straight line uh, shareholding structure, meaning to say there is no cross-holding share between any of our list co, you know, uh, in any any of them. So there is no RPT involved, you know, there is no cross-selling of products involved and things like that. Although you, know, you so did try to sell some land from Hexstar Technologies to SWS when you were still a shareholder. Yes, correct. Yeah, because at that, you know, now I can't say much because I just sold SWS away, you know, but uh, there is there is an intention of diversification of that company, you okay. know, at that time. Yeah. So, Dato, I also looked at the annual report of some mm. of these companies that you have sticks in. So, mm. Parat Transit, Hexstar Technologies, mm. Opcom. Yes. And your shares are pledged, yes. right? Yes, yes. Are you not worried that your empire could somehow be just a house of cards that might collapse if there is a margin call mm. in any of the companies that you yes. own. Yeah, so we are also weighing between the equity portion, the cash portion, and also the debt uh, that we are actually taking. You know, uh, we are now still at the very low gearing manner. You know, if you look at our entire portfolio, mm. you know, but uh, definitely, you know, to buy, we need cash and also the, the bank support. So we are very blessed 
that we can say that we have a lot of good backing from the banks. If markets correct very sharply, hmm. what could happen to the Hexta group of companies or yeah. all those that come under your, you know, that you own, you yeah. have a stake in? Yeah, so first thing, we always look at the fundamental of our listed company. If you look, if you look at each individual fundamental of our list core, it hmm. is a very strong cash flow uh, generating company. You know, meaning that's so for Hexta technology, but yes. Yeah, but uh, you know, and and if you look across my eight listed company, you know, uh, three or four Lisco is in net cash position. You know, then uh, the other two is uh, very low gearing. You know, the other two is uh, merely below one. You know, uh, on our gearing. So you know, if you use it combined. Uh, it is on a very low gearing. So, you know, by by having this type of company, you know, we are not so much afraid of the volatility of the share price. On that note, thank mm. you for your time. Today on The Breakfast Grill was Dato Eddie Ong, CEO and Executive Director of Hexstar Technology, Berhad Amwong Shaoning, BFM 89.9. The BFM Breakfast Grill, brought to you by U-Mobile, Malaysia's number one 5G network. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.